Hello and welcome to the Round Review. I'm Jimmy Zarbo and we're here thanks to Sportsmate, Footy Live and Simmons. And every day across Australia, it's tools up for Simmons because their people stand by their promise to start building your new home on time and on budget. So if you're ready to join hundreds of Australians, they're welcoming home each month. Talk to Simmons, the great Australian builder. And speaking of great, what about that weekend of footy? Only two games, but that doesn't mean there isn't a heap of talking points to discuss. And to do that with me, as always, is Nick Guglielmino and Gordon Hunter-Meredith. I'm going to go to Nico first. Your perfect record of tips and predictions in finals came to an end on the weekend. The second week. Nostradamus. (laughs) But (laughs) did you still enjoy the round of footy anyway? Oh, yeah. It was was great. I mean, we, we saw the game of the year on... Uh, Saturday night, yeah, so did, did. you know we we can't really complain. Um, yep. You know we are a spoiled bunch, the footy fans. So yeah, uh, and we're going to be spoiled again on the weekend. So um, with another great couple of games coming up. That's right, Gorda. You picked the doggies, not the cats, but you're only as good as your last prediction. Are you happy with that? Oh, very happy. And yeah. we'll get into it a bit later with it comes to the hero and the highlights yeah. and the lowlights too. Actually, it all happened in that last game, but. I'd like mm. to say that the ultimate prediction, if we go back talking yep. about Nostradamus, is that grand finalist prediction for mine <laughs> was Geelong and Port. And that prediction was alive and healthy, in my honest opinion. Not to jump the shark. That's the Friday show. We'll stick with the Monday show. We'll stick with the Monday. We'll stick with I'll the Monday. I'll let you segue into our heroes. Great. It was I'll a try and prediction, though. It, it was a decent prediction. Hey, can I just, we'll, we'll run back over a few things. What was the, we put our house on a few things, Gordo. I got my Tom, Tommy Hawkins to kick three or more goals. Nico had his, who do you have again? Charlie Cameron. Yeah, Did, Charlie Cameron to be leading goal kicker. And he was. And he, he was. Could. And Gordo mm. didn't get. What was yours, Gordo? Mine, Jimmy, which I lost my house on, was Timmy Taranto. Nowhere to that's be seen, right. unfortunately. Yeah, that's right. It was Timmy <laughs> Taranto. Toby Green's boots are very big boots to fill, and that's why he they ended are. up apologizing to his teammates because no one can fill in for Toby mm-hmm. Green, not even Timmy Taranto and uh, mm. the Giants. They were, that was spent. Unlucky that's Giants, true. but good yeah. season nonetheless. That's right. They needed a hero, didn't they? What they a segue did. that was. Uh, Nico, mm-hmm. tell me who your hero was of the weekend. Jimmy, my hero is yes, the Nick. underrated Jack McRae. Underrated, because, is he? Yeah. Underrated because no matter what this man does, he mm. never gets the recognition he deserves. He's, in my opinion, uh, the Bulldogs' best player. He was their yes. best player on Saturday night. Ooh. Obviously, Bailey Smith stole the spotlight, but with, yep. uh, without McRae, they probably don't get near the Giants because he, he had 39 touches um, and it was none of that high possession, low impact sort of stuff. It never is with McRae because 27 of those were kicks. He had uh, 18, 813 metres gained, mm. 19 contested possessions, 11 clearances, 11 inside 50s. And to use a basketball reference, that's a triple-double. Oh. More than a triple-double in my book. Um, he also had nine score involvements and a goal. And look, nothing against Bontempelli, but if that was him, if that, if that was his stats... He would be on the front page of every newspaper today. And In the world. We would, we would be bowing down to the second coming of the Messiah. <laughs> of the Messiah. Um, I just don't understand yeah. why he doesn't get credited like some other players. Um, he's the best player in the competition. He has been this year. Um, you can comfortably put him down for over 30 touches every week. Uh, he doesn't uh, have a down week like Bontempelli mm. or some other players. Um, yeah. I mean, Bontempelli, he won the MVP, was it, last week? Yeah, the, the player's MVP, yeah. Yeah, he'll probably win the Brownlow as well. 
Um, but I, I think I just think McCray's had a better year, and yet no one's talking about him. So, well, you are, and you've talked spotlight. about him a while. Uh, I yeah, mean, not not, brown, not just now, the last ten minutes, but you've spoken about him on other podcasts as well, mm. which uh, you've you've given him a huge rap, yeah, and I think he deserves it. Yeah, he's a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we gathered that. You said without him, they wouldn't have got close to the Giants. Well, even with him, they couldn't get close to the Giants because they played the Lions. Lions. But that's Did I right. Say Giants? <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. And it's the only mistake you've made in about four weeks. That's all right. Uh, that's good. Gordo, someone who never makes a mistake is you. And you've got a hero who is from the same game, I believe. It was, it was. So Nico, he loves his super coach and he's all about the stats. Give me the numbers, give me the numbers, give yeah, me the numbers. Yeah, he loves the numbers. But I'm oh. with Bevo. Yeah. I'm about the narrative. I'm about the story. <laughs> I'm about the underdogs. I'm about yeah, the cult figures. Time. Yes. Yep. Bailey Smith stood up when the doggies needed it. Mm. If they needed a hero, as you said in your segue, Jimmy. Bailey yep. Smith was that hero. That was ice in his veins. We'll get to that later. That's my highlight of the weekend. Huge, man. But <laughs> this performance, where's that? He, this is what the doggies do. The doggies are a vibe team. On paper, we said in our Friday pre- preview, they, didn't, they, were, they were not close to the Lions. The Lions should have definitely won this. At home, things in their favour. Well, I yes. disagree. I, as, thought, as mate, you, I thought on form. As you, on form. As you pointed out, missing not their spine, missing their tops and tails. Yeah. But Bont mm. goes down, Waitman goes down, and suddenly it's a bit iffy and up comes Bailey Smith, the Bazinka, the mullet flowing in the background. <laughs> this is his by far his best game of the year. He hasn't got close to this game before all year, but that's what the doggies do. They find a person to step up. They yeah. find a person to yeah, step up. Right. Now it's the I mean, vibe. Now it's the vibe. It, it was his first good game in a while, actually, and that's why I thought some of the uh, the, the talk back and some of the uh, opinions on the footy show yesterday from Kane Corns in particular, relating him to the next Dustin Martin and the new face of the competition. A little <laughs> premature from a guy who... A little bit you know, premature, isn't it? Yeah, it is. From I mean, Bailey Smith, he's, he is going to be a quality player. He's definitely got the capabilities. And, but, I mean, it, it was his first uh, standout game in a very long time. So. It was, a, yeah. And, and it was an epic goal that Gordo was talking about, especially on his left foot as well. He was on the wrong mm. side and he slotted that from the boundary. Nice little uh, celebration to the crowd saying he's got ice in his veins. Huge moment. Absolutely loved it. But you was talking about unsung heroes. I think Taylor Duray was a hero. Now, a lot of people aren't speaking about him, and I liked it in the last, I think it was the last minute, the last couple of minutes anyway, there was that 80-meter run against Charlie Cameron, and uh, he did stop. But everyone thought Charlie's going to get to this and, and kick the winner for Brisbane. He got there and he stopped him, but I think – People overlook the influence of Taylor, especially over the last few weeks. Now, Easton Wood was on Charlie Cameron in the first half, and um, we know how much of an impact Charlie had in that in that first half. Then Duray goes on him. He's only kicked one behind on Duray, and only not a touch, not a single touch after the fourth minute of that last term. The last few weeks, Duray, he kept snelling goalless. Connor Rosie to one goal, Archie Perkins to six touches, six touches in, in last week's game. And I thought that was a great move by Beveridge. But Taylor Duray, one of Nick's old mates, um, thought he did a good job. Good on him and good on the dogs. Brilliant. Nico, tell me your highlight. A highlight, I mean, from two games, there, there, there wasn't much to pick from, especially when Geelong win. But I uh, hate Geelong and hate the highlight. <laughs> well, I, I am a Hawk supporter, so, you know, yes, just continuing know that. with that rivalry. But my highlight is the continuance of the unpredictable theme of 2021. So, I mean, despite the contrasting form uh, between the Lions and Dogs, Bulldogs got up 
uh, I spoke about uh, the Brisbane record at the Gabba on yeah. Friday and how strong it was. So uh, I'm counting that as an unpredictable was win from the, the dogs. Was, yeah, was that their first? That was their first loss since round one at the Gabba, wasn't it? I'm not. Yeah, it was. Thinking. Yeah, that's yeah. that's huge, isn't it? Was it nine one? Yeah. So nine one uh, the Gabba. Yes, I believe. Yeah. I yeah, so. it's incredible. It is unpredictable, isn't it? I like the way GWS fought against Geelong as well. But, you know, looking into next week, we've got Melbourne and Geelong. Who would have thought at the start of the year Melbourne finished top of the ladder mm. and will be going into a prelim as favourites against Geelong? And then Port Adelaide and Bulldogs, you know. Tigers nowhere to be seen, thank goodness. Jeez, yeah. uh, Thanks for Brisbane, reminding us. We almost forgot. Brisbane, <laughs> Brisbane have been a top four side for three years in a row. They're not in the prelim. Um, West Coast aren't anywhere to be seen either. So it's, mm. you know, it's a nice change, breath of yeah. fresh air. I think the one thing that was sort of predictable on the weekend was Geelong winning it. And, yeah, GWS did come late, but I thought they had control of that match for most of it, and it's their fifth prelim in six years. So, they're you know, we're used to the Cats being there at the pointy end, and um, I think they got back not to their best form, but I think they still won the game without Selwood and Dangerfield playing really well. I mean, we know how big Tom Hawkins was, but they mm. outscored – the Giants by 33 from stoppages, which was their fourth best differential of the year. So that stoppage work that they can sometimes be known for was, was was good. And GWS came hard late, but I didn't really – I wasn't worried about the Cats. Were you guys worried about the Cats? You know, like they were expected to win, and that's yeah. exactly what they did. So, yeah, you know, yeah. they got the job done. Gordon, tell me your highlight, please. So my highlight, we like to use – sport as a vehicle for the greater good sometimes. And to be honest, a lot of the time we expect too much from our players. But Mm -hmm. when the players go above and beyond and they start to use their popularity or their moment in the sun to to create some good for the for the greater community, then I think that's actually a good highlight. And that's just what ice in my veins, Baz Bailey Smith did. To be honest, he wasn't thinking <laughs> about he wasn't thinking about coronavirus when he did it. He was thinking about a basketball player. He was thinking about Jan- the Angelo. He was just thinking, "How good am I? I've just won the game. Eyes <laughs> yeah, in my veins." After the, veins. After the fact that he's ever was like, you know, it would be good if I got all the doggies supporters to jump on board, head down to the Vax clinic, get Vax, <laughs> so they can come support us and unveil the flag next year when the doggies win it in round one. And that's exactly yeah. what he did. He said, "Get vaxxed, cuz. Get vaxxed, cuz, <laughs> indeed." And then from there. You know, once the train's off, everyone's very easy to jump on board. So we've got yeah. Skippers jumping on board. We've got Dangerfield jumping on board. Everyone's saying get vaxxed, and I like it. Because at mm. the end of the day, whatever your political opinion is, the sooner we get vaxxed for your fans, the sooner we get to watch some footy. And so I think that's that's good enough mm. for me. It was good enough for mm. Baz. It's good enough for Ice in his veins, although now it's the <laughs> vaccine. It's good enough for Pendles. It was good enough for Danger. It's good enough for us. So we all want you for using that moment. So- I've been double vaxxed, mate. Double yeah. ice in my veins. Welcome yeah, to the political podcast with Gordon Meredith. Love it. No, it's good. I agree. I agree. It is. We do need athletes to be used. Well, not used, but we can use sport as a yeah. vehicle, like you said, for the greater good. I love it. Hey, give me a low light, though. Bring us down, Nico. You love doing this. Very pessimistic man. Yeah. Um, this low light. Yeah, I don't know. Brisbane failing to live up to their hype. It's a, it's a bit of a disappointment, this one, uh, for me, because there was a massive hype around the lines a couple of years ago when they probably, again, prematurely made the top four, uh, got knocked out in straight sets, which is okay yeah. because they were a young side. Mm-hmm. Um, they followed it up with another top four finish last year, mm-hmm. uh, had a massive advantage over most of the competition 
last year, having not been forced into hubs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they won their first final at home. Great. And they lose to Geelong at home. They get smashed, embarrassed, 40 points. I think they kicked six goals for the game um, in that one. And then this year, top four again, straight sets. So you can say they were robbed, whatever. The reality is for Brisbane, it's it's two straight sets finishes in three years and one win in six finals. And five of those were at the Gabba as well. So it's a massive disappointment. And now where to from here? Mm. Reports last night that Lockie Neal wants to head home. Huge. And if you look at their age demographic of their highest disposal getters from the weekends, okay, McCluggage uh, had 28. He's 23 years old. Lockie Neal won't be there next year. Jared Lyons, 29. Mitch Robinson, 32. Zorko will be 33 before mm. next season. Daniel Rich, 31. Virtual will be 34 if he continues. So Brisbane's premiership window is at a crossroads heading into the trade period. It's going to be a huge couple of weeks for that footy club and even like he put out all of next season. Rainer will take a while to get going. See if he gets back early. Most of the season will be out, I'd say. All right. Most of the season, Rainer, you know, he'll take a while to get back when he does return. Um, And then they're losing Neil. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a huge off-season to not only replace him, but bring in reinforcements to keep them contending because they're already uh, about one or two players, good players off from being a premiership team. Yep. I've got a question about Mm -hmm. the Lions and Chris Fagan, but first I think it ties in well. We'll get to the low light from Gordon because I think, his low light relates to this same game about the Lions. Is it? What's your low light, Gordo? It does, it does. And as much as we have called it game of the year, mm-hmm. the first thing that comes from the losing side or just a lot of neutral fans for some strange reason is ump hate. And I didn't check, yeah. actually, uh, Nick underscore G-U-G oh, uh, on Twitter, on but I, didn't I, would su- I wouldn't be surprised no, if there was some hate. He didn't. No, I, I didn't. There usually is. Congrats. This is, your first, this is the first well big done, step. Nico. Well done, buddy. I, I honestly didn't think um, the umpiring was that bad, but I'll, I'll get to it. A hundred percent. And yeah. that's exactly the case because it wasn't that bad. But after a week where we spent so much time, you know, mm. postulating about the fact that we should respect umpires more and that you can't braise them, you can't brush them with your shoulder, but we can abuse them online all we want. And that's exactly what happened in the aftermath of this match. But then I went to um, one of my favourite Twitter sites for umpiring issues. It's called mm. Has the Umpire Made a Bad Decision? And oh, yes, has I've Ump Stuffed Up? Yes. And it actually is really fun. good. It's, it's run by some random AFL-accredited umpire or ex-umpire who is, quote, disappointed at the standard of AFL umpiring levels and wants to educate <laughs> fans about the game. And basically he went through and then it went positive, negative, tick, cross for all the decisions, every yep. single decision in the every game. Every single one, yeah. And he goes and basically says, yep, they made some errors, but no more than a good game. Well, what would they would consider a good standard yeah. if you grade a game? Yep. So basically everyone, cool your jets. And it was just sad for me that in the week that we had where the AFL was making this massive like effort to say we were protecting the umps, we're protecting the umps, and then in the mm. biggest game of the year, They've done nothing to protect the umps. Like I'd like to see them do like the, what the NRL does and basically come out after, after the game or on the Monday and say, yep, we've, we, we acknowledge that mistakes were made. We acknowledge that people are upset. But actually, if you look at it, yeah. it had no impact on the result of the game. The right team mm. won. And in this case, it was a 50-50 game. Like if the Brisbane goes down and kicks a goal, they're in the last 30 seconds and that is over in that game. So yeah. it's all very much reactionary tales, really. You know what annoys me? 
Nico, is when people blame the umpires on a result. I mean, if you're in the situation where you're relying on an umpire's call to decide the match, it just it does piss me off because you I are in control of your fate. I, I mean, you are, I agree with you. Now that yeah. the Hawks aren't playing. The only time it actually <laughs> works is, is when Sicily gives away a bad free kick and he's deep but, in his 50 and then you know the umpire's cost. And then the umpire. Other than that, crooked. totally fine. No, and but that oh, has happened before. <laughs> we, we remember that. Don't worry. Our ears are still ringing. Um, but... One of the guys who, I don't know, sometimes he's very controversial, this player, and sometimes he says the right thing, sometimes he doesn't. I don't like what he tweeted at the weekend. Mitch Robinson. Mitch Robinson. Mm. And, he's, and this is not the, the, the not fake the tweet, fake by tweet. the way, about Lockie Neal that was fake <laughs> and he addressed that. This was, this was prior to this, and he said, mm. uh, I wanted to type some honest shit, but that won't change the result. Thanks to all our supporters and fans who have been there on our journey. We'll be back next year. So he's alluding to the fact that uh, he wanted to make some comments about the umpires, but he didn't. And then, you know, even to the um, – then he wrote, I wrote three tweets last night, didn't post, mature, no fines. So he wanted to say something about the umps. And then somebody he's done the whole, like – I won't, I won't, I won't criticize the umpires. But if I was going to criticize, exactly. well, the umpires, that's the thing. And then, so he and has criticized the umpires. And then somebody, um, so he should get in trouble. Somebody, he, I hope so. He won't. Well, I don't think he will. But somebody screenshot it. Not Toby Green. Someone okay. took, <laughs> oh, Nico. Here we go. Uh, someone took a screenshot of Matt Steffik's, um Wikipedia. I think someone changed it momentarily. Something about him um, being a representative of the of the dogs umpiring department or something like that, along those yeah. lines. And Mitch Robinson responded to it with a laughing emoji. So he was definitely alluding to the fact that the umpires had robbed them and that sort of thing. And I just I don't yeah. like that, especially from a player who you're part of the game as well. If you're really going to say that the umpires cost you, it is pretty immature because you yeah. are in control of your yeah. own fate. I mean you shouldn't be relying on the umps to decide a game for you. And I think it is a little bit immature. It's it's not mature, like you said. Immature, yeah. I would say. You know, once you get the whole club hockey, leader. actually say it. Rather than, from a club yeah. leader as well. I didn't like and it. A, Am I alone here? And especially with, with Brisbane, agree. like Brisbane loses a game by a point at home. But home, like home grade advantage in a final in a year where COVID means that most games yeah. will be mutually placed. That's like a three-goal head start. Like yeah. that's... Like they have, every, they had all the cards in their favor. Didn't have to quarantine. The doggies were locked up in a hotel, only restricted to two levels. Like everything was against had the dogs. There, even late in the game, yeah. that that deliberate out of bounds from Caleb Daniel. Like that's one of the worst decisions of the year. And I don't like to go on about the umpires, but God, I mean, you handed an opportunity yeah. there and then to, to win the game. They didn't. They did. I think it was a point from it whatever it was, but it's not all in Brisbane, uh, against Brisbane. It's not all in the doggies' no. favour. There was yeah. opportunities there for both. Like and that say- was laid out on the um, Twitter page as well, is that of the yeah. incorrect mistake, incorrect yeah. decisions, they went 50-50. Mm. So the dogs yeah. got more free kicks because that's how the dogs play. They play close, contested football, lots of handballs, and then they run, well, which means it doesn't have to be a lot of free kicks. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be equal. Um, no one says a, a, an umpiring a free kick count has to be equal. Like it's just that's not how the game works. Look, so that annoyed me. Go, Nico. You said look in uh, an aggressive fashion, yeah, so I'll let you speak. No, by no means do I think Brisbane were robbed in any way. But what I would like to see from an umpire's point of view is maybe just putting the whistle away. For the last couple of minutes of the game, in a, you know, in a in a knockout final uh, where scores are level and there's a couple of minutes left on the clock, just to stop these conversations from happening. But they won't the stop away. from happening because Unless it's, the opposite will happen though. So what yeah. happens like if they put the whistle away and there's an then there's an obvious deliberate rush behind, for instance. But I, that's what I think. I think the decisions that people are 
alluding to is that they weren't that obvious. There were, there mm. were a lot of 50-50 yeah. calls. I don't mind them being paid, but, you know, in that situation, is it really necessary? Yeah, like no, the, winning, the, the winning behind came from a free kick in the middle. I think it went to Tim English yeah, for a ruck the, infringement. Yeah, ruck no, infringement. One, no one would have noticed that if that well, was Yeah, that, I'd like the game, not to put away the whistle, I think it just should be umpired the just same way the same. for the entirety just of the game. The same I mean, way. that'd be yeah. nice, you know. And ruck mm. infringement ones, something's got to be looked into there because that, those are the ones that annoy well, me. Well, that like, did win Bulldogs it's one, one. I think there was other things. Not just, you don't just look at Well, that, I'm just saying that's where the winning behind came from. That's correct. Yeah, that well, that's, because that's that's like a time, that's a recency bias thing. What actually recency, won the Doggies the game was the fact that Brisbane went inside 50 more times than Doggies did, but they can't hit up any targets. Well, that's it, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really what happens. You got to look at yeah, and you look at yourself. Uh, on the back of that, I'll ask you boys: uh, yes. Should the heat come on Chris Fagan? Now Nick alluded that they they wasted some chances. This is two straight sets uh, departures um, since 2019. They're one in finals since 2019. One in five in finals, I think. I don't know what I just said. I think I just mumbled. Um, and they had a strong list. Uh, five of six games came at the Gabba as well. They had those opportunities. Now, I know there was injuries to Hipwood, uh, Rayner, um, you know, but but still, now Neil might be going back home. Is Does the heat come on Chris Fagan and say, hey, there's opportunities here, and it was kind of a failure? Like Nico says, where's two from here? Should he cop some heat? Because I'm sure if it was another coach, we all love Chris Fagan. Would he, you know, if that was a Chris Scott and that same record, mm-hmm. do you reckon the heat would come? We'll be back after a quick break. Well, it it won't come yet. I don't think it should come yet. Like I said, it, it's all going to depend on the trade period they have and how they recover from Neil leaving, whether they get a good replacement in and um, if they can, yeah, bring in other reinforcements to build around the crop that they have and go again next year. Uh, anything can happen. But, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be highly dependent on uh, the upcoming trade period. Yeah, Gordon, you were shaking your head violently. Yeah, I just find... The last few seasons have been a bit weird in terms of like, so this loss to the Doggies. Doggies were second like three weeks ago yeah. and Brisbane were outside the, outside the fall. So yeah. on, on a whole season form, like you'd actually probably pick the Doggies to win over Brisbane, maybe not at home. Like the home loss is, is tough, to, is tough yeah. and that's happened twice now. So that's, that's an issue. But also he's taken them from being a cellar dweller to, you know, regularly in the top four contending in deep into finals. Yeah. So now that's, it's yeah. a weird thing where like fans, yeah. I think, get a bit greedy. Like if you're a St Kilda or a Fremantle or a Carlton or an Essendon, I just want to just win a, I want to win a final. Oh, that's all I want. I that's know, I want. like one, one final victory in six, you know, that's how right. much can you but, take? That, no, 100%. I agree with that. I mean, I only brought this up because I think John Ralph wrote about it and it was mm. an interesting interesting question. He thinks that the heat should come on Chris Fagan, but I don't know. I'm, 
I don't. I don't. I think, think we sometimes so overreact. It's hard to, to yeah, but it's so hard, isn't loss. it, to get there? You know, it's hard, so hard to get to the finals, and they've lost by a point. Mm. They just lost to GWS at another time. Like it's they've been there and thereabouts. You know, so it, the I window is closing as well. It is, but you know, Probably. they've only got two, like a couple of players who are over that whatever is it, 30, 31, like, and like players, it, yeah. some of their best players, that's true, but they've got some young people there. And I think if they lose Neil, that is, that is a massive, I mean, even the reasons why he wants to go back, I know it's been talked about, it's hard to speculate. We don't know his personal um, circumstances, but still that's a, that's a huge loss. So they, they really need to, if he goes, it'll be a really important trade period and um, who, who they can get in because we know when their midfield performs, they, they've got a chance to win. When the midfield doesn't, Form they have got no hope. They have no hope. Brisbane. That's been a problem for a long time. So another interesting one is Tom Hawkins. Now Nico doesn't like him that much, but he has to agree that he's a fantastic player. Gordo and Nicholas is Tom Hawkins the best forward of the past decade? And the reason I'm asking this is because since 2012 he's kicked 557 goals, which is more than Franklin, more than Jack Rewalt, more than Jezza Cameron, and he's got more assists than any of them. And goal assist, direct goal assist, and it's 90 more than Buddy. Uh, he's got a great record, had another super game on Friday mm. night against the player who got the best of him, Sam Taylor, mm. uh, only a few weeks ago, smashed him, 19 possessions, 12 score involvements, four contested marks, five goals, one. And without him, the Cats do not win. What are your thoughts on, on 100%. Tom totally agree with that, that sentiment. Yeah. I think the, the, the ultimate test would be if you had a swapped Rewalt and Hawkins, I think Richmond still get their three P. I think Hawkins adds so much to your forward line for a, and especially for a, a, a key forward of that size. He's an old school looking forward that plays new school football. He's dynamic in the ruck. He's got the ability to just give you the smarts. Mm. He's got the ability to. He used to be able to wrestle more. He does that less now, obviously, because the games change a lot. He can lead up and take a grab as well. He's a very good kick for goal. He has everything. He he doesn't really have a deficiency. So yeah, I'd say definitely you the best love forward him. of the decade. You're in love. I can, I agree. I agree. I am as well. Like unbelievable, yeah. especially that ruck work he does in the forward mm-hmm. line. Just our muscle blokes and how many goals they create from that opportunity. And he's not selfish either. We just mentioned how many score assists he's had. I think he is. Nico, what do what do you think? Yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, I, res- I respect. Um, yeah, Tomahawk. Uh, if, yeah. if sustained success is what we're talking about, then yeah, absolutely, he's second to none. Mm. Um, and it, like Gordo said, he he's the forward that every team wants in their forward line. Yeah. Um, he's he's the best. Absolutely, he's, he's best. set all the standards. Yep, love it. Hey, can I ask you this? Is uh, was Joel Selwood lucky not to get suspended for his high fend off on Josh Kelly? I oh, think the God, running Nico's joke been... of the last decade is that Joel Selwood's always lucky to get off. <laughs> He's been yeah. waiting no, for second time. There is no more loved player by the umps that is <laughs> that is as dirty as as Joel Selwood is. I'll warm Nick up here. I'll just say for the for Probably an identical action. Oh, look, he's rubbing his hands together. He's yeah. Identical action. Um, Toby Green was suspended um, for this reason. Elbow on Patrick Dangerfield on the throat for a high fend-off. Got him two weeks, I think. Um, mm. Selwood wasn't cited at all. Nico, what are your thoughts? Yeah, like it's just a, it's another case of um, basing the uh, the suspension on the outcome, outcome and not the actual action. So, yeah. look... I think he should be suspended because I believe in um, suspending a player based on the outcome. He, he lifted his elbow up. It, it's it's a dirty play. It's, it could cause injury. And 
we shouldn't just be suspending players um, once, you know, an injury does happen once the jaw is yeah. broken or. But would you, you know, say this- that you can't change the rules half? Because at least for that, they've been consistent that they don't suspend, you know, well, if, the, if the outcome okay. wasn't severe or we'll anything. We'll see like what that. happens next year. That's yeah. right. It should bloody change. I agree with you. It's, it is frustrating that you, you've got to, got to suspend players for actions, not just on outcomes. But then they, they base the, the, the amount of force from the outcome. That's the only way to do it. But I think <laughs> it's stupid. I, I don't yeah. agree. And I don't think that. To- yeah, I don't think that actually, that's really hard, like to fend off high. I think both times there wasn't their intention to elbow the guy in the mouth. Like it's their intention to fend off. And in that split second, I don't but It's know. not their intention to fend off. You fend off with your hand. It's not a push off. They're, it's 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 because yeah. it's not it's not like that in close. This is the part where I get really frustrated where oh, we spend boy, the whole careful. podcast lauding <laughs> acts of amazing athletic feats. Like these are freaks. These are people yeah. that can shrug off eight tackles and then we go, oh, but you can't possibly know what you're doing in this situation. Yes, you can. Oh, God. Yes, I- they can. <laughs> no, it's a split-second <laughs> movement, man. Correct. Oh, but they're, they're in the top 1% of football. I We're not talking that, about amateurs still- on a Saturday. We're talking about the creme de la creme. All right. right. (laughs) Selwood has, Joel Selwood has worked out the way to drop his knees at just the right time to get the free kick. If he can work out that, he can work out how to fend off without raising his elbow. Bang. Got a point. Very strong got a from Gordo. And very, look, very how about the AFL's priorities as well? They they wanted to suspend Toby Green uh, for an extra. They wanted to double his three weeks, mm. but an elbow to the head. Yeah, you're fine. No worries. See you next week. <laughs> like, w- w- what's going on? <laughs> Honestly, I understand. We we got to work on you know the the look of the game and all that sort of stuff. Well, mm. I mean, I'm not sure an elbow to the head is a great look for the game. Yep. Fair enough. Good pod. Last question I've got for you boys. It's I should have warned you first. I never, you know, sorry. This is just um, question without notice. Um, Shane Mumford, he's probably played his last game of AFL, we presume. <laughs> again, he's retired again. Um, what will he be remembered for? Because I would just remind you, he was a tough brute. And a lot, sometimes people have said he was a little bit dirty, but he was only suspended for one match in the last 10 years, the last decade, just one match, and just five games over a four. 14- season career 214 games he was an absolute workhorse and he did everything he could for his teammates how will you remember the big mummy i think workhorse is the is the word for that mm-hmm. and it kind of encapsulates everything mummy if he was an animal yep. be a clydesdale goes all day yeah not incredibly fast but can carry a huge load <laughs> if you get in the way of a clydesdale you're going to get hurt mm. and i think he he probably went out, I think he's been, had said this on the record, like he does go out to like cause his pain upon his opponents yeah. to make, make him, him burn it, it as they say. Yep. But yep. he's not dirty in the sense of he's not raising elbows. He's like literally just like if I just run into you, it's going to hurt because I'm big, I'm huge, and you're going to not be as huge as me. Mm. And he does that for his team. And I think yep. that's the thing you can't, like he'd be a great, you'd walk out with mummy on your side being like, oh, today's going to be a good day. That's Especially right, the yeah. midfielder, you're like, I'm going to feel pretty safe around this guy. Yeah. So, yeah. A workhorse, totally team first player, and a, and a yeah. great cult figure. Love it. Yep, yeah. Nico. The human truck, the human steam train, whatever you want to call him. If you're yeah. going to put your head over the footy, the last person you want to see uh, running towards you is Shane Mumford. He's just an animal. Um, but, yeah, he, he doesn't often do things too dirty. Um, he just loves to throw his weight around. That's and, right. yeah, it's been a pleasure to watch. He has been. He's done everything he can for his teammates, and I'd love to play alongside him. I love those players who put the team first, and he definitely did. And, boys, 
been another fantastic podcast. Can everyone please hashtag round review, get involved in the show, send your abuse Nico's way. As always, he loves it. Um, that's all. We're going to be back midweek with a really insightful and interesting podcast. I hope I've put a lot of, uh, I've, uh, put a lot of pressure on myself there, but I'm speaking to Paul Roos this week. It'll be really great. And then we'll be back on, uh, on Friday to give you a preview of the prelims that are coming up over the weekend. So hope you enjoyed it. Take care of yourselves.